This week on the Barbell Chop Podcast, we ask, do you train hard enough? And we give our favorite tips on how to improve your training intensity. Hi guys, welcome to the Barbell Chat Podcast with me, Jamie Ring. And me, Sarah Melton. We're going to work out today whether you train hard enough, bro. <laughs> Sis. <laughs> Dude. Well, it depends on whether or not you're a puny old lady, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, training hard for you is probably a little bit, you know, less than training hard for me because you well, know, it's only, it's girls can't lift your more. effort. No, exactly, exactly. Do you know? Um, do you know somebody in the gym said to me the other day? Admittedly, it was tongue in cheek, and he wouldn't have said this to me if he didn't think he could get away with it. He uh, he came over to me and he said, um, "God damn it, Jamie's really good looking." <laughs> no. Oh, well, you said it was tongue in cheek, no. so I thought. <laughs> yeah, because we all know that you're already sweet enough, bro. <laughs> yep. Now he said. Um, I just want to. I just want to ask you a question. I was like, "Yeah, sure, cool. What's up?" He went, um, "What are you doing in the weightlifting area? This is for men." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then, without the bat of an eyelid, I said, "Okay, cool. When, well, when I find any in here, I'll let them know." He was like, "Oh, this is for the big strong boys." <laughs> yeah, and bearing in mind he's an ex rugby player as well, I was like, "Eat my dust." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we are going to talk about sort of training intensity, hopefully going to touch on um, going to failure and whether you should be doing that, whether you should be doing it every time, whether you should be doing it um, every three to four weeks, maybe, you know, can you can you use it to test how you're making progress maybe? We're going to sort of touch on all of those different bits and pieces, but I wanted to start by just giving a little bit of context because this kind of, this topic came about because of a couple of reactions I got to literally just an Instagram story that I put up um the Friday quiz on Friday I didn't answer it until Sunday you know because life gets in the way um and they think you have a new baby or something (laughs) yeah I know um so the question was I can't remember exactly what it so it was like something like um oh yeah to tone up you know tone up Oh, I love quote unquote tone up um, which we probably can talk about on another podcast to be honest um (laughs) you should use light weights and do loads of reps. Uh, and then my answer to that question was, that's definitely not true. Um, and oh. actually most people on most people on my stories got that right. There was about 10 people who said, yes, that's correct. But um, I thought that for, especially for women who really shouldn't lift heavy weights and shouldn't be in the weightlifting area, I actually thought the best way to tone up was to do like 48 hours of cardio a week and then just only use the pink dumbbells in the corner. Yeah. That's, that's Turn, right. Though, turns it? out that's not the case, no. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and what was, in, like I said, what was encouraging is actually people kind of recognise that as bullshit. So the message is getting through there. And I'm quite glad that, you know, people have been listening to my stories for a while might have got that from me but equally hopefully there's been a turn in recently there is a bit of a and again this is going into a different topic but there is a bit of a trend into strong is the new 
skinny or strong is the new sexy. Strong is the new sexy. That, yeah. that, that sort of mantra yeah. has come about, which is a really good thing. And we've talked about that before, haven't we? That's de- uh, well, decent yeah, for women's fitness, certainly. One of my clients now wants to be, and I quote her words on this, and she listens to this podcast, so um, she'll know I'm talking about her. She now wants to be badass. And I'm like, oh, I can make you a badass. Yeah. Don't worry. So she's now discovered how much fun it is to lift heavy shit. Yeah. You know, and just how different it is. She said, previously, I just get bored on the cardio. Uh, I was like, um, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. ironic. Like cardio is boring as fuck. Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's why cardio is the last thing in a diet. Yeah. If I'm getting someone to do cardio, it's probably one of the last, you know, last resorts. Do you know what, actually, strangely for me, if I want to cut, I will increase my cardio and leave my food where it is because I love my food. So it's courses for courses, really. Um, So anyway, we got onto that topic because a couple of people, turns out I'm not going to mention who they are. Actually, I will. I will. I'm going to say because Paul listens, doesn't he? Tom listens as well. There's Tom and Paul both messaged me saying, uh, (laughs) so, so Tom said... One of the, our followers, um, he trains in the same gym as us. He was like, trouble is, and he really valid point, trouble is that people don't really know how to go to one or two reps from failure because one or two reps from failure for some people is actually three or four reps from failure because they just don't know where failure is because they've never been no, there. No, exactly. So exactly. That, that got me thinking and we got into discussion. That's a really valid point. And then Paul also... Um, messaged me and then spoke to me in the gym later on in the day and, yeah. and sort of said he sort of, I'm going to do it in probably not his accent but certainly in his tone of voice if you're not <laughs> if you're not training to failure you're a pussy and <laughs> yeah. that's not a very good accent for him he's got a bit of a Norfolk twang hasn't he but um, he, he's, a, he's a link it's all yeah he's no you can't call him Norfolk he lives down the road from me yeah. um, oh don't tell him that when he comes up to you and says that sort of thing you kind of say well yeah, you're you're a lot fucking bigger than me, so I guess so. <laughs> well, let me just put this into context. Paul is, because uh, I've known Paul for a long time, Paul and Martin train together constantly, where one is, the other one is. And they're like Tweedledum and Tweedledum, I bless them. I love them to pieces, known them for years. But Paul is probably about six foot two, um, older than me, so that makes him like a granddad. Yeah, really old. But proper granddad. But can seriously lift some heavy shit i mean he did last week he did um his squats were 220 i think it was no 220 he pulled 220 on deadlift last week wasn't it that's what it was i think last he was squatting 180 and that wasn't particular that wasn't as heavy as he can go so yeah but my point in in yeah my point in mentioning those two guys is because they can really lift and they've been doing it for a while um whereas actually what my sort of my bit was in the context of someone who wanted to just tone up so and technically usually those people are people who are perhaps new to the gym and don't really know what that you know thing of toning up actually is well it turns out it's actually fat loss that you want so you really want to be lifting heavy so you burn more calories right but but that got me thinking that actually it differs for different people and we've got lots of different people that listen to the podcast so it's probably worth going through you know like we said earlier, when do you go to failure? Do you train hard enough? You know, just had to burp you there. You proper burps today. What I'm the hell burping is going on? all Literally. over the place. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, I've just you done about five me. burps in a row. <laughs> like, you 
me earlier, we have our little like pre-podcast chat, and the first thing I get down down the FaceTime call from him is a. I was like, oh, wow, that's really nice. And all you've done for the last, how long have we been? How long have we been doing this? Like five, uh, ten yeah, minutes? Seven minutes. All yeah. you've done is turn your head to the side and secretly burp off air. I'm just going to burp into the microphone next time I do it just to let everyone know. I'm just proud. What you're actually doing. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a proud, you know, man who does manly things. What- <laughs> what burping is one of them i think what needs to happen is jade needs to put you over her shoulder and just give you a damn yeah, good well, burping yeah there's she's got a hands full at the moment with the other one so she, i think she'll pass on that yeah. um, right so the first thing i guess we need to establish audience who are we talking to and who uh, are we yeah. talking about so anyone who trains in the gym and does weightlifting i suppose um and what what we'll do is I'll probably talk about to start with what I would tend to recommend to clients, even clients who are quite new to lifting. I would still mm. sort of say this because whenever I design, and I'm sure you're the same. Whenever I design a training plan, I will design it so that the client knows what sort of reps and sets they should be. Yeah, doing. you give them a rep range. In a rep you give range, them a rep range yeah. and set up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the one thing I will never do is tell them how much weight to lift because that totally depends on how strong they are. And I can't well, decide yeah. that. If I'm not with them right there, because, and I'm talking about sometimes for my online clients, but equally if I've done a training plan for someone who I do one-to-one PT with, they will typically go and do sessions on their own because it's expensive to train every single time with a PT. So, or they're only going to be training once a week yeah. when they're with you. Yeah. So and you, as we've you, spoken about before, that's not going to make a lot of mm. progress. And when when you when you're with a client, obviously you can dictate the weight that they use, but they then need to be educated enough to choose an appropriate weight for them. Now the problem with this is that without giving them an indicator as to how hard they should be training, they don't know what weight to pick. And for the no. first couple of weeks, it's probably quite a bit of an experiment for them. To, you're finding your levels. Find you're that literally, level. Yeah, yeah, you're literally spending the first two weeks. Anytime you get a new training program, even when I get a new training program from my coach, if there's stuff on there that either I haven't done before or I haven't done for a while, you spend the first two two rotations of that training program figuring out yeah. Where you are on an intensity level, you know, how does that feel? What did I do last time? Okay, what can I do of, of something that's that's similar? So if you're bench pressing, are you barbell? Are you dumbbell? Are you incline? That kind of stuff. So you figure it out and you spend like the first couple of rotations knowing where you are, if yeah. not longer, actually, especially if you're new, because a lot of the time you go in very, very low, not knowing you know what's going on with yeah stuff. so you might typically a bit apprehensive about you know potential injury potentially like yeah. not getting so you give someone say oh you, would you, can you please do like eight to ten reps on this if they don't make it to eight then they feel like they've perhaps failed or you know it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing you're just finding where your where your level is like we said before yeah. Uh, yeah. and typically on my training programs that i give to, to clients it will be a reps to failure scheme so I will say to them, look, for this set, you need to go to one rep from failure. So minus one will be what is on the sheet. And so minus one means that if I've asked you to do 10 reps on this example, then the 11th rep will be a failure rep. 
you don't get there because you you, you, know you kind I of work don't... out you, you know you when you get to 10 you can kind of roughly know if you've only got one left you may struggle with that rep but it just yeah. means that you've completed it but the next one is probably going to be where failure is now i have a real issue with the word failure because of how society deems the word failure so failure is the correct word you have failed to complete that rep but people see failure in the gym as a bad thing but actually failure in the gym is the only place where failure is actually acceptable or a good and required thing. and required yeah because if you can get to failure or if you are, like you said, one or two reps away from failure, i.e. not completing that rep. And by not completing, we mean with not good completing form. it with good form. Thank you. To, literally took the words right out of my mouth. There is no point in completing those reps if you're just going to swing them because you're aiming to get to a number. If you If you crumble and fail, but the form is still fantastic, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So the gym for me is the only place where failure is required and acceptable and respected yeah and like we said before you've got to find your level so it might be that in the on the first set you might think god i probably had about three or four left in the tank and if that's if that's the case if that's the case then you push yourself to where you think one so for example if you have ended up making a mistake and you've picked a too low weight and you realize by rep nine of your ten you are still still like five reps and failure just keep going and if you get to 14, then you know that, all right, I need to put the weight up on the next set. Yeah. If that keeps happening every time, then you're not training hard enough. And you need to perhaps just take stock. And this is why recording your lifts is a really good idea for anyone. For anyone, even if you're just, just starting out. Recording yeah. what you lift is a really good way of... A, remembering from week to week what you're actually lifting, but also it records your progress. Because the other thing that you can do here is, like we said before, you can use failure to judge how far you're progressing. So, for example, my clients will do every now and again, not all the time, but every now and again they will do an an AMRAP, so as many reps as possible set, where they stick to the same weight that they have been trying. So they've been doing three sets of 10, for example, um, you stick on that weight and you just keep going until you fail. And then if, for example, on week one, you failed on 11, perfect, yeah. you're, one, you're usually doing it one rep from failure. Yeah. By the time week four comes around, you can get up to 14 then with, the weight with good go form. Yeah. Then it means that you've progressed because you, you know, have I'm... increased the amount of weight that you can lift. I and... actually did this with a client a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, you know him, I did it with Anne a couple of weeks ago. I've done it with a couple actually, but I did it with him. I did it on the hack squat, and we just and I just said, right, you're going to stay here until he can't lift it, until yep. you literally bottom out and you cannot go anymore. And he got to about I don't know, I think it was like 15, maybe 18. And I looked at him afterwards and I went, don't you ever tell me that you can't lift that weight for 12 again? Yeah, because I... what you've done, you've smashed that ceiling. So it's only in your head that you get to 12. You know, 12 is the magic number. I need to get to 12. Right, 12 is out. You know, or or 10 or whatever the magic number is. And it was like, no, you're going to keep going until you literally cannot move anymore. Mm-hmm. That is mechanical failure. That's what yeah. we call mechanical failure. And afterwards, he was like, I did that. I was like, yes, you bloody well did do that. Now now realise, actually, that magical number 12 and that weight that you've got on that hack squat, you need to go up a little bit more because you've got more in you. 
put it through, you know, yeah. push yourself. You, don't be scared of this. I've worked with clients before where they've been uh, really scared to go to any number in a rep, in, in a set that is an odd number. So, for example... <laughs> Do, yeah, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I, 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 so I, I, I often plan um, do you do nine, rap, nine? Nine, rap, oh. nine reps in, but just because it makes sense sometimes um, if we're trying to hit a particular volume and some people just won't have it, um, which is their prerogative. But what I'm saying is it's just a number. Really, we are going until you can not do those reps anymore or, you, you know, the next one is failure. So people have a bit of a problem with that. That's just a bit of a side, but... Yeah. I've had had clients stop before at 11, and I'm like, who the fuck stops on 11? (laughs) Get the other one out. It's a certain type of person, isn't it? I can't. Um, But yeah, again, going back to what you were saying about the the hat squat, and I had uh, Rob recently, one of my clients, he, um, we were doing 120 on the leg press for 12. I went, right this way needs to go up you this is too easy because i'm asking him after every set how many reps do you reckon you got left and one time he's like maybe four <laughs> so i'm like well that definitely needs okay, to go well, we're gonna put about finish, 10 20 kilos on and then mm-hmm. i said right let's test it let's do an amrap as many reps as possible in this set and he bashes out like 15 and i'm sitting there yeah. like <laughs> mate you've just killed yourself because <laughs> i'm gonna put your weights up this week you're there's no way that on that spreadsheet you're doing any less than 130 <laughs> on no, this machine exactly and exactly. this was and this was the third fucking set as well <laughs> so rob <laughs> if you're listening we've had this conversation already with rob but if you're listening rob that. you know train hard yeah. dude um i teach all of mine that I, I look at them and i'm like so um so how how was that and they go yeah yeah it was all right actually i was like what was the weight like yeah it was all right and they'll just hear dink dink as the weights go up and they go oh yeah. shit i should have said that i'm like look You've got to learn to act better if you don't want these weights to go up. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Hagrid moment coming out. <laughs> um, let's let's bring a bit of evidence in here. And I've been a terrible PT or evidence-based trainer because I know the study quite well because I've listened to a couple of podcasts where it's been done before. Um, but I can't. <laughs> I haven't got a reference. I've forgotten what the reference is, and I didn't research it before. But I do okay. know the study very well. So. Um, Basically, this was a, a quite a big study. Um, they got, um, I think it was in the region of 100 participants, all people who had trained before um, for at least a year, weight trained. And what they did was they got them to um, get under a bench press bar. And the, the interviewer, the scientist and the interviewer asked them, how many reps do you think you could do on this weight okay and i think mm. it was i think it was like body weight that they were given so they're all okay. like they, they were all given compared to their body weight it was appropriate it was the weight. Same. Yeah. yeah um and uh so they would then suggest how many reps they could do until failure and then then straight afterwards perform the reps and the average number of reps that they were under by oh, sorry over by they did over the number of reps that they they estimated. The average yeah. number was ten reps. <sighs> That's like an they entire un- set. They underestimated by ten reps. Yeah. How much? They- now this was people who had trained for about a year, so not like train tra- trainers or anything. That's it's not, not people long, who have trained for a long, a long time. time. So it just shows that 
when you're new to the gym, you can massively underestimate how heavy you can lift. And and usually oh, and usually it takes a PT to come in and say, right, come on, let's lift a bit harder. And that's and it's exactly what we get all the time, isn't it? With yeah, clients, yeah. The, the same oh, conversation you. happens and you can guarantee it within the first three weeks you've had this conversation with new clients. Oh, oh daily, daily. So yeah. my, my hashtag badass, as she is known as my hashtag badass client, who's realised that actually she really likes lifting heavy shit, Every time I see her, I say to her, you are stronger than you think. You have so much ability and so much capability. Um, it's it's phenomenal. And her form, it's it's beautiful to watch. I mean, I watch her every now and then when I've got when I'm training me or if I'm just taking a break in between other clients or whatever. And her form, she has taken on everything that I've said so well. And all she needs to do is just up. The in, you know just increase the amount of weight that she's lifting and she will dramatically change her body for the positive i think okay. it's a case of and i think i know who you're talking about so i know that she's new to lifting but only since only since she's been with you yeah so it just shows that and i said this to my brother because i was training him the other day in the gym he has lost shit ton of weight recently like nearly 30 kilos but has only ever been to the gym three times and has only ever trained with me once. And that was two days ago. Yeah. I said to him, you have got so much potential because you are a complete newbie. Yes. (laughs) You can build muscle so quickly once we start putting your calories up. And if you get into the right habits early and lift with good technique, work out how much you need to go up in weights every week and or every couple of weeks, you can make progress so, so quickly yeah. Instead of as in, you know, an opposite to me who is now been lifting for like five, six, maybe even up to eight years, probably pretty shit at the start. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got a PT pushing you or a de- <laughs> decent PT anyway. Good PT, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, not all PTs mm. are the, the same. Um, right. We, you know, we've not got that potential anymore. I've, I, I've, I'm struggling to build muscle and I'm, getting fat now, ta- now it takes hard work <laughs> yeah it does, now it yeah. takes hard work yeah <clears throat> so yeah. you have got and it, it's a, a certain amount of that is down to genetics and i guess whether you're taking steroids or not i don't you know there is that but you know the the, the potential for newbies to get swole or, or whatever you want to call whatever. it or you know yeah. toned or whatever is 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 massive so but she's a prime example of someone even though she's got fantastic ability and capability, I would not take her to failure yet because her training age, which is different to like chronological age, her training age is too young, in my opinion, for her to be able to withstand it and recover appropriately from it. Now give her another six months when she's actually been lifting consistently for six months and not just on stabilizing machines, but things like the big boy hammer strength leg press, which she's just moved on to as well. Cause she loves it. When I've been given her squats and deadlifts and stuff like that, things that really can be neurologically challenging, then I'm going to take her. I'm going to see where she's got on failure at the moment. We're still finding her levels and I'm still telling her she's capable of a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to take her to failure on big compound lifts yet. I might take it to failure on stuff, for example, that's seated in some of the life fitness machines, but that to me is slightly different. 
that yeah. doesn't involve the same neurological path. Well, this is the thing that we need to talk about next is probably deloads because there are some people that will be listening that won't have a clue what a deload is. There'll be people who are listening. I know for a fact, a couple of people who do listen, take deloads themselves. Um, and deload, it's usually a deload week or a little deload period where you bring your training volume and your training intensity right down so that you're basically having a rest it's like a rest week but it's yeah, like active an active active kind of rest week so you're yeah. actually still going to the gym you're still in your routine you're still doing your good habits and stuff but you're just lifting a little bit less um and there is a reason for that it's because we we cannot train balls to the wall as i call it every single time why is it called balls to the wall i don't know Especially, i think it's um, just you, you that calls it balls to the wall no absolutely not definitely not really i'm gonna put <laughs> I'm going to put a vote on my a poll you... on my Insta stories. This, Do it the, now. Balls to the wall is a thing. <laughs> um, obviously, maybe not for girls, I suppose, because they haven't got the balls, I suppose. But well, Tezzers. Um, yeah, so you can't go balls to the wall every single training session for <laughs> an extended period of time because... Um, You're going to burn it. Central nervous system-wise as well, it's going to be a problem and you'll you'll start seeing weights going down and... It just doesn't work. So you need to take that deload, that rest week to help you to recover as well as appropriately doing rest days in the week where you are training pretty hard. Um, so how do you ever do deloads with your clients? Because I've, I've got a protocol that I follow that most of my clients just sort of do. Yeah, you, you from previous conversations on podcasts, actually, you deload pretty much every four weeks, don't you? Yeah, every fourth, whereas I, every fourth whereas, week. Yeah. you know give or take one or two you know i sometimes i'll do it every fifth week depending so on what ha- who they do are is i deload with them when their health markers are showing me that they're probably starting to struggle a little bit or when their intensity is dropping because i see a lot of my clients like twice a week i get to literally see them more often see them lifting yeah yeah i get to a see them lifting B, I actually get to physically see them. So I watch certain health markers change. So I, I mean, you know what it's like. You get people and they want to train at 100% all of the time. They want to be able to do it because they think more is more. And actually it's not. If you can take that week off, that deload week and just pull it back, rein it back again, what generally happens after that... Come back and smash it. uh, You smash it. You smash it. So because I get a couple of my guys to track things like heart rate plus also heart rate variability um uh, and almost and also how much sleep they get because i get to see that almost on a daily basis i get to advise them so there was one last week for example where she said i really want to go in and train i really want to do this i really want to go and i looked and i looked through her check-in sheet and i said no don't go in and train she was on the verge of she'd already had a little bit of a cold so her immune system was already compromised. Her um, central nervous system was compromised. And I said, no, don't go in and train. And that was on the Monday. Um, on the Tuesday, she went to work. She got sent home from work ill. And I said to her, I said, I said, I bet you're now thankful that you didn't train last night because it would have been even worse. Hmm. She said, I know you did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, so and that's all because... I look at what goes on with their health markers. So potentially for a deload week, you can you can just go in and, and do your normal routines. What I would usually do with, with my clients is, well, we talked about doing a, a one rep from failure 
as a as a standard. Um, I would potentially take that down to get them to do three reps from failure or there thereabouts. That's a really difficult one to do actually because you, you sometimes you don't really know when you're three reps from failure. It's a difficult one to gauge. No. But the what other the other one, I usually just ones. take a set off. Just take a, oh, do yeah, what you usually do off. and take a set off. Yeah, or take twenty percent of your weight or off. the weight. Yeah, yeah. So take anywhere between like twenty, twenty-five, thirty percent of the weight off, so that you're still going to those reps. You're still going to those sets. Yeah. You you don't feel as though you're kind of like cutting anything off. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Equally, just... you don't really feel. Delo weeks are actually quite um... therapeutic at times. No, I, I was going to go the other way. They're fucking annoying. Like I hate. They ta- can be. I, I hate taking oh, them yeah. because it feels like you're going in and you're just like not really doing much but but you've got to kind of get yourself in the mindset where hashtag mindset that um (laughs) you you're doing something to actively recover and it's gonna make a difference next week next week is where you're gonna bear that fruit yeah yeah? it's therapeutic when you know that you're doing it for the right reasons and next week's gonna be better yeah i suppose So, so i mean this is what i say to my guys as well i say i would wouldn't you rather take one day off and then come back and know that you're going to be better, then carry on trying to work at 100% and be forced to take four days off because you're fucked. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, actually. I'm like, right, okay, go home. I don't want to see you, Minnie. So um, there's, it felt like I said to you earlier that the, it feels like the stars have aligned for us to talk about this kind <laughs> of topic because we got to train together yesterday didn't we i turned up to the gym to train and you were like oh i'm training legs too and so we just did it which is really good because i don't i don't have a regular gym gym partner at the moment because my other regular gym partner now works in london three days a week and now he's had a baby as well so it's like and also just to copy you they also went and had a baby as well jesus yeah i know so i'd never get this warren so i never get to train with warren anymore um which is not great like every couple of weekends maybe but again i've got duty dad duties at the moment which get in the way so is warren at the moment yeah although actually he did say to me the other day let's let's go (laughs) train because we're both on like paternity leave (laughs) (laughs) i saw him in the gym the other day yeah it's good so but my point is that training with a partner is decent because you've got someone there to actually push you and like yesterday you were helping me on squats yeah. I went like above above and beyond in terms of weight because I knew that there was someone behind me. I knew that you'd be able to lift me off the floor if I needed it, which I did. Like <laughs> for two two sets, my last two, I did quite a few more sets than I would usually do as well. So for my last two sets yesterday, I got to six reps and I needed to get to eight, but so you helped me through it, yeah? Yeah. Um, and that, even though it's not a full rep because you're not under your own power, you were only helping me a little bit. But equally, it just helps to push train intensity up. So if you have the chance to train with a partner, it is a good way of increasing your train intensity. Yeah. As long as you don't spend most of the time chatting shit to each other. Which actually, we didn't really speak that much, did we? (laughs) No, not really, actually. (laughs) Which is a sign of a good training session because it means you're too knackered to... Yeah. And also, you're focused on what you're doing. Also, if you are going to have a training partner, make sure they know how to spot you as well. The amount of times that, you know, you go in with a friend and you're like, oh, yeah, let's go and have some training session, blah, 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 blah. And and they have no idea on how to spot you on bench or how to spot you on squat. And it just, yeah, it just doesn't make you feel 
confident in their abilities. Luckily, yeah. the pair of us know how to spot and lift, yeah. which is comforting. So, you know, just make sure you get a deep... If you're going to have a training partner, make sure you get someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, you know. it's good for competition as well. I was saying to you yesterday. Oh, yeah, so we were doing sissy squats. It's just literally just a finisher, wasn't it? Really, just to show off a bit in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> Each other, I think. So we did sissy squats, which you can do and make it really, really hard just doing body weight. You know that hard enough, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then like you would tell me, oh, you need to get a bit lower, and then I'll be telling you you need to get a bit <laughs> deeper, and you weren't able to do it because you're a fucking pussy, and you know. <laughs> All that sort of thing. You're an absolute dick. But but then but then the other thing that happened was you grabbed like the fifteens to start with. Uh, the, the, sorry, the the fifteen dumb uh, plate to to hold doing it. So I was like, Jesus, she's a tiny little woman. I need to I need to lift heavier than this this girl here. But I don't really don't fancy doing like twenties here. <laughs> but I did it and grabbed it and failed after like five because you'd made me. Because yeah. it was competition, no, it was like I need to lift I heavier than this person yeah. right now. But I love a bit of competition as well, actually. Yeah, love it. That's what love I mean. It. Like it's it's healthy, isn't it? It's oh, yeah. and actually, in terms of pushing training intensity, it, it's decent. Right like, with it can yeah. work. Yeah, but we also did that on the leg press yesterday as well. So we did we did single leg leg press yesterday, um, and I matched you weight for weight, and you were like, right, well, I'm gonna have to go and do like a little bit more yeah. now, aren't I? So you Hang on, just, just bef- come on, just before we, <laughs> just before we dismiss this as, oh yeah, I lifted heavy, as heavy <laughs> as Jamie, I'd done like three sets more than you on squats for a start, I've never done single leg leg press before, so chill yourself out. <laughs> You're such a butch man, you should be able to do all of this, and like you keep telling me, these I'm are my excuses, yeah, yeah, but that's all tongue in cheek, remember? <laughs> Even bloody Tom and Paul took the piss yesterday about me being a puny old woman because I said to them, I was training somebody in the gym last night, I had a client last night, and um, they always have a bit of banter, all of them. It's like banter central corner around, around by the leg press. And Paul was saying to Anthony, he was like, oh, you starting on the lightweights then tonight? And I said to him, I said, yeah, yeah, I've got him on my weights. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh, you got him on your way. So I was like, yeah, well, don't forget, as Jamie always tells me, I am nothing but a puny old woman. Yeah. At which point Tom piped up and went, it's true. It is true. <laughs> From the other corner of the gym. Yeah. I overheard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, I mean, it is like, like I said, if you've got to train, well, for a start, if you haven't got a chance to train with anyone, then hire a PT, I guess. <laughs> I mean, self-promotion. It's always yeah. got to get that in there. But oh. equally, you know, if you've got a friend that trains, ask them and see if oh. you want to do a joint session or something that can push well, the intensity equally that as well. if there's someone in the gym who's always in the gym at the same time that you're in the gym go and say hello go and say can you just give me a hand on this can you just give me a spot on this and i'll guarantee you that nine times out of ten they will go yeah sure what we're we doing uh, do you want me to help you with the bar off do you want me to help you this bit do you want me to just what reps are we doing if they're worth you know if they know what they're talking about they'll you ask could gain them. a friend bro Oh, it's like gym family, fit fam, hashtag fit fam. Love it. Fit fam, yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing on my list to talk about, and we've talked about it before on a podcast, so we won't spend much time on it. Go into the depths, depths of actually going to failure and why you were doing it and how you were doing it. Say it Wait, again, or, sorry. Have we actually gone into the depths of going to failure mm, and why yeah. you were doing it? Yeah, no, we haven't. Um, 
I mean, the the main thing is to make sure you're safe for a start. So if you're doing it on big lifts like um, squats and bench and deadlifts and stuff, you've got to make sure that, you know, technique is imperative. You've got to do it properly because you, the number of times you see fucking swats in the gym doing like a hundred yeah and and it's like me and there's a there's a guy at the moment who comes into the gym he definitely doesn't listen so i'm not bothered about offending him and i don't know his name (laughs) but he does he comes in and he routinely does puts 160 kilos on the bench press bar without safety bars there's none of that no 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 this is just a normal standard flat bench just rack it off behind you, rack it back on. There's no bump bars. There's no safety bars. He's not in a cage. Potential. He could go and do this in the squat cage. Yeah, the where there is a bar there that he could, yeah. Oh, just but he loads it up sick. and every time he does it, Sarah and I are standing there like poised and ready to run over to him and pull it off his broken ribs. Because to be fair to him, every time he manages somehow to get it up, I don't know how he does um, it. It's like the right arm goes up <laughs> at a normal speed and then... The left arm follows him degrees. about, <laughs> about three <laughs> seconds, seconds later. later. That's not even an exaggeration, is it? That, three seconds that, later, that left arm comes up. I, I don't know how he pushes through it because if that was me, I would have literally dumped that bar over to the left-hand side and just bailed out yeah. of it. Fuck this, I'm off yeah. sort of thing. But Never every but that is that is not safe and no and that, that's not the failure we're talking about yeah that's that is well it's technical failure. failure by a long way like he can't lift 160 kilos for proper form so there is no point in him doing it um, and it's those little things like know your weight know what you're doing and, and this is why I I the first month or the first couple of rotations on those programs yeah. figuring out where you are so that you're ready to go for it and you know what you've got. Oh, but lots, he scares me. The other thing is to say, um, and this is, I won't say it's controversial, but lots of PTs will disagree with this. I will never get my clients to do a one rep max unless no. they are training for a um, like a powerlifting meet because you don't need to do it. For no. n- number one, it's really quite unsafe. And number two, you can gauge progress by doing like an AMRAP set or at, at worst or at least a three rep max test because then the weight oh, is lower the weight yeah, is lower and you can lower than five right exactly so you know you, the, the the higher the rep max test is the lower the weight and the safer it is i guess but you're mm. still you're still asking someone to go to failure or trying to get them to go to failure so, yeah. so you still need to be safe because if you fail in a squat rack that's fine as long as the bars are in the right place, so you can like fall on yeah. the fall on your ass and and no one gets hurt. A couple of people might chuckle, but actually, if if I see someone failing properly on a squat in a squat rack, I'm like, you can probably Respect. lift. You can probably yeah. lift because actually you have pre um, sort of got yourself ready to potentially fail. It's the yeah. ones who fail with no <laughs> with no bars there and or bars too low so that it doesn't actually catch them that you think you're yeah. a fucking idiot. Just put the safety bars there. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it's the like e- ego at the door. Programs, yeah, in one of in one of my programs I've got a um uh five rep bench press and every time I do it I make sure I've got someone spotting me. Mm, yeah. Because five reps means that you're going fucking heavy. Yeah. So if you're gonna go that heavy and you know that it's only five reps, 
make sure you're either in the cage on safety bars or you've got someone there to help you because the whole point of only five reps is to go really bloody heavy. And if you're going really bloody heavy and you, you've still got one or two reps or three reps left in at the end of that five, you didn't go heavy enough. Yeah. The whole point is to make it high weight. Mm-hmm. And, and and if we're so we're talk we've gone into talking probably about those people who've been lifting for a while who are on lifts like you know your big lifts like deadlifts bench press squats or whatever. Um, if you're someone who is new to the gym but wants to push it that little bit further and go to failure, that is also okay. But I would suggest perhaps doing it in a higher rep range. So perhaps go and say right, I'm going to aim for ten. If I get to eleven or twelve, amazing. And the yeah. chances are that you're probably, if you've been programmed by decent PT, you're probably going to be on a machine anyway where it's completely safe to fail. And if you do, exactly, the only thing that's going Which to happen is, the point I made is at that, the beginning, yeah. yeah, is that you might clash the weights a little bit. I know we've hammered people yeah. for crashing weights around a bit before, but, <laughs> but that it's but okay if you're being them, safe. Yeah, but I've also said to them, I don't mind if you do it as long as you don't do it on every single. Yeah. Rep. If you're doing it on every single rep, it shows that you do not have control and that you're you're actually switching those muscles off at the bottom of that rep when those when those work. But if you're doing it and you clean those weights on the last one, you know, or even just accidentally, that's fine. Yeah. But just don't do it on every single rep. You look like a dickhead and you'll get a really bad look from me over in the corner of the gym. Yeah. Um Are you happy to leave it there? I think we're good, aren't we? It's just think we're pretty good yeah. as long as i think the key things to take away from this are if you're gonna go to failure do it safely if you're gonna go to failure be aware of what you know of your form and technique be aware of how long you've been training can you recover appropriately from that failure session don't go to failure on every single set in every single workout either because what the point yeah, that's not the point of it. No, totally agree. Uh, the The aim is to keep your training intensity high, but you don't need to go to failure to keep your training intensity high. And if if it, I know some people who do go to failure on every, in every session, but perhaps the idea is to not go to failure um, on the same exercise every week, or you know you can chop and change it to do different things. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing we haven't really touched on, it's worth mentioning, is that. Sometimes, I mean, most weeks I will go, most actually most sessions I will go to failure on things like isolation exercises, like uh, lateral raises, very small muscle yeah. groups, because A, yeah. it's safe, and B, it's good to push the volume as far as you can, and, and actually fatiguing those muscles is not going to mean you can't walk for about five days afterwards. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be one of those where you can't wash your fucking hair when you get back home in the shower. No. So it's, but you also find that those exercises are generally at the end of a program. Yeah. So that's, you've yeah. done your bigger lifts. And that's so the other thing. If, I mean, if you, some people will argue that there is a science behind pre-fatiguing certain things before certain lifts. Yes, there is. But there's a difference between pre-fatiguing and going all out balls out to failure. So, you know, if you want to pre-fatigue, I don't know, anything, then fine, do it. But just be aware that you might then compromise your other lifts afterwards. Yep. And be aware of that. So, yep. you know, if make sure that they're then Monday safe night, afterwards. We know that the gym, yeah, we know that the gym's absolutely rammed on a Monday night. So sometimes we have to chop and change 
how we do stuff because somebody might be on the piece of equipment that we want. Doing 150 reps, means, yeah. Doing 150 reps. Love you, Paul. Um, but that also might mean that if we've swapped exercise two and three around, that actually what you would normally achieve on two is now going to be different because that's now exercise three. And people always go, oh, but I hit this last week. I'm like, yeah, but that's because you were yeah. fresh into it last week. Yeah. You hadn't just done your pec flies or something. And now we're going into bench press where it's pre-fatigued. Whereas normally you do your bench press and then you do your pec yeah. flies. Context, like context is always important when looking <laughs> at that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, we will be back with you next week with an up- another episode. Um, what are we going to talk about next week? What are we doing next week? Who knows? What do people want? <laughs> yeah, if you want to suggest... Again. If you want to suggest a topic, we're always open to suggestions. Like this, this topic has come up as a as a because you know some people reacted to something that I said this week, which is great because it informs discussion and we can then talk about it. Um, yeah. There is no sort of wrong and right in this area, so it's it's worth talking about, which is great, and it's yeah. it just informed a forty five minute podcast, which is top <laughs> stuff. Um, so, if, but if there is anything specific you want us to talk about, then we will we, we will have a look at it. Um, the other thing to say is, like we said last week, if you like this, then share it. Share it on social media. Share it about. Um, tell a friend who lifts with you. Tell a partner who you want to train with to increase your intensity to listen to this podcast so that they then go away and go, oh, yeah, Jamie and Sarah said, well, we can train yeah. together. We should do that sort of thing. Yeah. So, exactly. you know. If you that's... like what we do, tell others. If you don't, tell us. Yeah. And, um... and screenshot and you know, hashtag us and name us and all the rest yeah. of it. Put it on your story so that we can see who's listening. And also don't forget the reviews and the star ratings on <laughs> yeah. SoundCloud even after and we, iTunes. Even after we called people out to try and do that last week, no one no one's fucking bothered. So, you know. Wankers. Absolute wankers. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably just like listen not we're just chatting shit on our own no one's actually listening are they i was gonna say is there anybody out there yeah. it feels like we are we just actually talking to out of the space and like yep, somebody probably. out there is listening yep. it's fine right sure. we will speak to you later later guys love you all see ya bye, bye.